Live from WNUR News, I'm Gabe Shumway. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Friday, November 17th, 2023. Tonight on WNUR News, a new program that brings students to Chicago sites. The students involved in making Northwestern's performance of The Prom. A deep dive into the recurring animals on campus and this week's edition of the NU Sports Report. These stories and more coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. Want to experience the best that Chicago has to offer? One Northwestern organization is working to give students trips to certain events. I have the story. Want to go to that MLS game this weekend? Chicago Fire is going up against Charlotte. Oh, how about we head to Shed Aquarium on Saturday? Maybe catch the whiz after Thanksgiving break? Now, for your average college student, this could be a feasible weekend, but it's definitely dipping into the bank. However, SOA, the Office of Student Organizations and Activities at Northwestern University, is trying to combat this with their passport program. Through this program, students can sign up to receive transportation and entrance tickets to various sites and experiences in the greater Chicago area. So we hold this belief that we like that students shouldn't encounter barriers to being involved, and that extends to kind of the experience a student should receive as an undergraduate student. That was Kay Parker Hess, an assistant director at SOA. According to him, this program has been talked about for years. However, it was never formally planned and has not come to fruition until this year. While SOA has organized similar trips in the past, known as signature programs, they weren't as common. These were often one-off trips during a quarter or movie screenings on campus. However, the Passport program aims to make these more organized and incentivized. Early on, students have taken notice. We send out an invite being like, hey, here's the Qualtrics form to reserve to request a ticket we get booked within a day. So far, the Passport program has put on two separate events. The first, back in September, was a night at the Art Institute of Chicago. The Art Institute is an organization that has an established relationship with SOA. This partnership allows Northwestern students to receive a free ticket with their wildcard. The September event in particular allowed for specialty tours, including a tour inspired by Crying in H Mart, this year's One Book Northwestern. Then, in October, students attended a home game for the Chicago Fire, a major league soccer team. This trip also included specialty scarves for the students involved. While the team suffered a 2-0 loss, there was still a lot to enjoy about the trip. Our contact actually put us in really close seats. Like, we were shocked that we were so close to the fan section of the field. And then contact came over with the scarves. I was like, oh, let's hand these out. And students were like, we had scarves? There are more opportunities for students left in this quarter, including a trip to Shed Aquarium on November 18th and viewing of The Wiz on Chicago's Broadway on November 30th. While the planning process for these events is a complicated one, students have the opportunity to give input. We go out, we ask students to kind of submit ideas to us of like, what would be cool to go do, what we go to see. So we've submitted some of our ideas through NU uh, Nights who uh, we also advise directly, and they've been providing some really great, hey, students would love this, students wouldn't love that. 
Through this feedback process, SOA has been able to increase capacity for events. While the Chicago Fire Game and Shed Aquarium trip were limited to 45 students each, the Wiz will have a capacity of 90. They've also been able to gain a better understanding of the events that interest NU students. These may be offered up to students as early as this year. We're considering another Bulls trip this year because it was really successful last year. Um, we're thinking we've tossed out the Blue Man group. We've talked about taking students down to Second City. This program is expected to continue for years to come, but how can students get involved and attend these trips? Um, we essentially have them scan a QR code, which it's basically like, give us your name, give us your email, you're in, here's your passport. Um, we just ask that students kind of find us in person so we can get them the passport right away. The SOA offices are located at Source in the third floor of Norris University Center. There have already been over 500 students to sign up and receive a passport. So, while it may seem difficult for students to experience Chicago, SOA is working to combat this. For students, it's just a trip to Norris away. For WNUR News, I'm Gabe Shumway. Moving on now to arts and entertainment. The prom opened at the Virginia Wad Wadsworth Wirtz Center for the Performing Arts on Friday, November 10th to rave reviews. But who are the students that make this show as good as the reviews make it out to be? Ella Barnes has the story. Northwestern University and everyone's invited. A lively musical, The Prom follows the story of four down-and-out Broadway actors who venture to a small conservative town in Indiana to sport Emma Nolan, a high school girl banned from attending prom with her girlfriend. Expecting to boost their careers, the actors find themselves transformed by the experience as they confront issues of acceptance, love, and discovery. The prom opened at the Virginia Wadesworth Center for the Performing Arts on Friday, November 10th to rave reviews from The Daily and The Evanston Roundtable. There's no doubt that the show is good, but who are the students making the show as good as the reviews make it out to be? My name is Yumi Talud, and I play Emma Nolan. Communication sophomore Yumi Talud plays a starring role in the show and shared that the prom was her first time heading a show. I, like, I was never really a theater kid in high school, um, so sort of navigating the whole, like, theater world and the culture that is, like, so ingrained in it is really, like... I don't know, just something I've been working on. Communications freshman and music assistant for the prom, Jordan Klein, shared that she'd learned a lot from working with the Wirtz team for her first show at Northwestern and found it extremely different from the show she worked on in high school. Just the, the idea of having a music team is so different for me. Like, when you're in high school, you have your music director and maybe you have someone else who does something. That was always the way it was for me. And then if you're doing community theater, again, it's like the music director and his pit or her pit. So to come to a place and it's like, yeah, we have a music team, we have an MD, we have an associate MD, we have three music assistants that it's foreign to me, but it's amazing because the, the you know, the product is so much better. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much time and care that's put into it and therefore it's going to be better. The same time and care went into the marketing of the show as well, with Yumi Talud and communication senior Piper Bailey as Angie Schwar going on WGN News to perform the song Zazz from the show, a Bob Fosse-esque number about finding confidence. Jordan Klein played piano for the two as they performed. If you don't know, we did a little press um, moment on WGN and it lined up that I was the person who was available. So yeah, we went on to the news. It was really amazing. It, like my hands were shaking. It was, but a great experience. And 
don't know how to describe it. It was just a good time. When a challenge lies ahead and you are filled with dread and worry, give it some zazz. If your courage. What sets apart word shows from other Northwestern productions, like the Student Coalition, Stuco, is the collaboration between undergraduate students, MFA students, and Wirt staff members. Cast member and assistant choreographer of the prom, Ashley Vallad, discussed the struggle of finding the balance between being on the creative side of the show as well as being on the cast. Going into this process, I didn't really know how that was going to be because I've only ever been on one or the other um, for one show. Um, I, as a creative member, you know things about the team, you know things about like the vision of the director and like their opinions of things. Um, a lot more closely than you do as a cast member. But then it's also this like weird balance of like, oh, you don't want to know some of those things because you're then in the cast and you have to like be seen. You want to be like a part of that camaraderie that the cast has. Um, so it's like balancing like how do you fit the dynamic of both when you know so much information. Yumi Talud emphasized the importance of having student stage manager Morgan Frost in the room of a generally non-student production team highlighting the distinct role a stage manager plays in Wurtz and Stuka processes. The stage manager, Morgan Frost, was the prom stage manager. She's like the best. But um, I think she, the stage manager in general, like has more power in the room because in a Wurtz show, they also sort of act as like the student advocate for the director who's external. Whereas like in the Stuco process, there's no external director. They, they get the whole student life and like stuff like that. Theater and classic sophomore and ensemble member Sophie Pong also shouted out Morgan Frost. Our stage manager, Morgan, is like MVP. Like she's like the most organized person ever, which is so helpful for us. Like to have someone who knows like exactly where we're supposed to be at what time and like what is happening this day. Um, it's just been like very organized in that aspect. Another difference between Wurtz and Stuco is the length of the show's runs. Typically, a Stuco show will run for two days before closing. A Wurtz show, however, can run for up to two weekends. This means the cast has to stay on top of the material during the break between weekends. Sophie Pong shared they have a four-hour brush-up rehearsal on Wednesday before they jump back into five more shows this weekend. Despite the rigorous schedule, Sophie says she's enjoyed the rehearsal process. I'm having, show. honestly, like, a great time. There's a lot of people in the cast who are just, like, amazingly wonderful and just very nice, and we have a lot of fun backstage. And during the rehearsal process, just, like, hanging out and getting to know each other better. Um, yeah, it's a really great environment. The prom will continue its run at the Worth Center Thursday, November 16th through Sunday, November 19th. I'm Ella Barnes, reporting for WNUR News. Next up tonight is our oddities story. Although the weather is getting colder, Northwestern's wildlife is still roaming around campus. Jessica Watts asked students about their stories, theories, and opinions about these furry creatures. Raccoons, squirrels, and bunnies, oh my. Northwestern students have noticed the overwhelming amount of animals on campus, as well as each animal's individual quirks. Some live in the trash cans outside of dorms on campus, while others can be found roaming the grassy plain of Deering Meadow. Regardless of where they are, these animals have made their presence known. 
Some students, like Medill sophomore Amanda Oliver, have their own theories on where these animals came from. I am very convinced that all of the bunnies on campus are cameras. Like, they don't, they are not normal. Like, every time that I see them, they just stare. They don't blink. I should not be seeing as many bunnies as I am. And they just sit there and they just stare at you with their black, unblinking eyes every time I walk on this campus. And it's just not okay. Like, it's just simply not okay. I'm like, who is watching me? Who is getting this feed of me every time? Bunnies aren't the only critters that have made their way onto Northwestern's campus. Raccoons and squirrels are also commonly spotted. Recently, there have been sightings of an abnormally large raccoon outside of East and West Fairchild, two adjacent dorms on South Campus, as well as other South Campus dorms like Allison and Willard. Freshman Jack Ververis is familiar with at least one of these furry creatures. I know I, a lot of times outside Willard, there is a raccoon that likes to hide in the trash cans and recycling bins. I, it's probably because of the snacks by Southwest, uh, because of all the food waste that goes there. That's also the most rat populated spot in all of Evanston is the intersection outside Willard. It's cursed with that knowledge. But um, you see these raccoons and rats around a lot of those places where there's a big trash buildup. Another common sentiment among students is how close the animals get to them. Unlike many other places where animals tend to run away when in close proximity to students, Northwestern students like Junior Taylor Shaw have noticed that that is not the case for this campus. The squirrels really love getting close to me this year. I don't know what's up with that. They've just been so many times where I'll be like sitting outside or studying or something and a squirrel will just randomly come up to me and I like don't know what to do. Sophomore Tatum Baldwin has also noted a higher amount of wildlife this school year compared to others. I've also seen a surprising number of rats this year. I don't remember seeing any last year, but I've seen like three wrestling in front of me one time, and there was one mouse that like ran in front of me by the crosswalk by uh, the arch, and that was very concerning, so it was like a foot in front of me. And it just, like, ran across. Do these animals pose any real threat to students? Well, that depends on who you ask. Earlier this year, a student at Marist College in New York was attacked by a coyote while on campus. According to Fox News, officials are urging students to stay far away from any wild animals seen on campus. Additionally, there have been reports of raccoon attacks at UT Austin and squirrel attacks at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. But while most of the animals on Northwestern's campus are likely harmless, one in particular has students a little worried. I feel like this year there's been a lot more wildlife that I've seen roaming around, especially at night. I think in the past week or so I've seen skunks two or three times which is very unusual. So I think last year in total, I saw two or three. So I've seen so many in such a short amount of time is very strange. But is the presence of these animals a problem overall? According to BBC Earth, seeing wildlife can provide important mental health benefits. Neuroscientist Olav Krigolson found that our brains reward us when looking at a cute picture of an animal, as it helps to boost our mood and concentrate better. Therefore, seeing cute animals on campus can't be all bad, Right? I think with most of the animals like birds or bunnies, people are happy to see them. People think of them as, um, as cute, uh, beautiful wildlife. 
I think though, even with other, some of the other animals like raccoons or rats, even if people maybe are a little grossed out by them, I think it's still important that we appreciate them. I can't imagine any way that Northwestern wouldn't have those animals beyond like trapping and removal. And I think that would be such a huge effort. I think Northwestern exists alongside the animals and you can't really separate the two. For WNUR News, I'm Jessica Watts. It is not Wednesday, but that's okay. It's still time for your NU Sports Report with Brendan Priceman. I'm Brendan Price. It has been a very busy, very successful week for Wildcat Athletics. Here's your NU Sports Report for the week. In football, it was a program-shifting week in more ways than one. On Saturday, the Wildcats defeated Wisconsin on the road by a score of 24-10. It was the first time Northwestern beat Wisconsin in an away game since 2015. Ben Bryant was the starting quarterback again after returning from injury. He played splendidly, throwing for nearly 200 yards and two touchdowns. The defense held their own as well, holding Wisconsin to just 86 rushing yards and one touchdown on the day. Four days later, on Wednesday, the athletic department announced that David Braun would have the interim tag and title removed. Braun becomes the 30th head coach in program history thanks to the move, after 10 games in the interim capacity. Both President Michael Schill and athletic director Derek Gregg highly praised Braun, saying that he rallied the team and earned the full-time job. Braun is the first Northwestern head coach to win five games in his first season since 1903. And if he gets to win number six, the Wildcats will go to a bowl game for the first time since 2020. Turning to the hardwood, both the men's and women's teams stayed undefeated up until Wednesday night. On the men's side, the Wildcats gritted out wins against Dayton and Western Michigan, beating both teams by a combined nine points. In the 71-66 win over Dayton, the team nearly blew a 10-point halftime lead, but thanks to 19 points from Ryan Langborg, the Cats held on. Against Western Michigan, the team was badly out-rebounded, but 21 points from Boo Booey and 20 from Brooks Barnheiser kept the Wildcats' record unblemished. After closing the homestand with that 63-59 victory, the Wildcats will travel to the East Coast to take on Rhode Island this Saturday. On the women's side, it was a tale of two games. On Sunday, the Wildcats dominated Omaha, opening up a 17-0 lead en route to an 87-69 victory. The Northwestern defense forced 20 turnovers and held UNO to just 35% shooting. However, the team had a massive wall by the name of Notre Dame later in the week. On Wednesday, Northwestern was demolished on the road by a score of 100-52. to The Wildcats missed 40 of their 61 shots and were out-rebounded by 20. They will look to bounce back at home against Southeast Missouri State this Sunday. And finally, Northwestern field hockey spent the week preparing for its third straight Final Four. The top-ranked team in the coaches' poll had a home doubleheader over the weekend to open the NCAA tournament. On Friday, the Wildcats beat Miami, Ohio by a score of 3-0. On Sunday, with a trip to the Final Four on the line, the Wildcats took on Louisville, the only team to beat them all year. Northwestern got its revenge, thanks to a last-minute goal from senior Lauren Wattis. The 3-2 victory kept Northwestern's season alive and earned them that third straight appearance in the Final Four. The Wildcats continued their quest for a national title earlier today against Duke, the third-ranked team in the nation. That wraps up your NU Sports Report for this week. For more information about upcoming games, as well as how you can watch the Wildcats live, visit www.nusports.com. I'm Brendan Prizman. 
WNUR News. Now a look into the weather for tonight. Temperatures keep dropping into the 30s, and it's expected to be all sun again tomorrow with a high of 53 in the afternoon. The clear skies are expected to continue throughout the weekend. Now taking a look into the headlines. Northwestern University President Michael Schill has found himself in the midst of controversy, stemming from what has been called, quote, a culture of indifference, unquote. This involves his firing of former Northwestern head football coach Pat Fitzgerald only when the information of the hazing scandal became public. These trends have also been noted during Schill's time as the president of the University of Oregon from 2015 to 2022. The CTA, or Chicago Transit Authority, has proposed a new budget of $1.9 billion. The goals with this budget are to improve the number of staff on site and the quality of service for passengers in 2024. If you've ever been in a group chat and seen those dreaded green messages, fear no more. Apple has announced an initiative to allow iMessage features for Android users. These include the heightened image quality, read receipts, typing indicators, and more. In international news, Pedro Sanchez has secured another term as Spain's prime minister despite divisions in the nation. Sanchez notably granted amnesty to Catalan separatists. While this was supported by many progressives, conservatives felt otherwise. This will be Sanchez's second term, continuing upon his first term, which started back in 2018. Uh, that's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, WNUR.News. That's WNUR.News. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Emily Stoll, and our reporters are myself, Ella Barnes, Jessica Watts, and Brendan Priceman. For all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Gabe Shumway. Catch us on our next newscast on Monday, November 20th at 6 p.m. And now, back to scheduled programming.